Founded in 2015, Sashi Chandran created tea drops in her apartment kitchen to help simplify the process of preparing loose leaf tea, eliminating the use of a tea bag and other tea tools. Tea drops ethically sources all of their organic teas and sheds about 20% less waste than traditional tea bag packaging while holding the mission to create these magic tea moments that connect you to yourself and others. Tea Jobs has become a favorite among new and experienced tea drinkers alike, launching innovative tea experiences that merge flavorful blends, food art, and edgy design. A favorite of Michelle Obama, former First Lady of the United States, and Chrissy Teigen. Teigen. Tea Jobs are also loved by Oprah Magazine, Forbes, and the Tory Burch Foundation. Tea Jobs is offering our listeners a special discount. When you go to check out, use the code Capital T, capital D, capital M, A G I C 20 for your discount. That is T D Magic 20. another episode of the so-called oreos podcast the podcast where we discuss all the awkwardness hardship and hilarity that comes along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside also known as an oreo i'm one of your hosts amari pollard here with yes Pew, pew. Um, it's just us today, guys. Uh, as y'all know, life is crazy. Things happen. So Janae is here with us in spirit, um, but she's not gonna, she's not going to be joining us for this episode today. Um, but yeah, so how are you doing this? Oh, and we're taping on Halloween. How are you doing this fine Halloween, Kia? Um, I almost forgot it was Halloween again, but I guess I wore orange because... Naturally, you, deep down inside, actually, like <laughs> I keep forgetting it's Halloween literally until people are, keep mentioning it. I'm like, you're right, it's Halloween. Because <laughs> literally, when I just stare outside, there's no, I see like just woods, which is nice because I don't want to mm-hmm. be around people. But, um, it's been raining like the last couple of days, so I'm just happy the sun's out, to be honest. Okay. And I'm recording this, I'm gonna wash my hair soon. Because I guess Washed we're going, it. I never know like how my hair is going to turn out, but I really need to look into like the gel thing and diffusers and stuff like that. Because I'm like, I like my hair, but I just feel like the length is not like where I want it to be to rock this. And I I don't think I necessarily can rock an afro unless it was like more defined curls. So like I would like to rock it. But, but you, like, I feel like your texture is like perfect for an afro though. It it is, but like it's not even like a fluffy afro though. It'll just be like tight, you know, like tight 4C curls. And like unless I cut it, I think it will look nice, but I don't really want to cut my hair like significantly. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm just like, okay, what what can I do that's not a lot of work and that I can actually do it? But I want to get my hair braided for winter, but I'm like I don't even know it's looking a little slim right now. Like, I feel like, I feel like things are about to get, you know, go back on lockdown mode. Oh no, they're definitely heading towards that, um, that they're heading in that direction. Yeah. So, so I'm like, <laughs> if you're going to get them braided, I would say do it now and I really, don't I like, wait. Yeah. I like to get it for my birthday. So I'm like, I wanted to get it like first week of December, which will be like a month from now, but I'm like, I don't know. It's looking it's not gonna look good yeah i'm like maybe i'll have to learn how to do something myself i'm just too like i have time to do my hair i'm just like so lazy and it's cold and like i'm there's 
I can sometimes be ungrateful, but the one thing I am very grateful is that like my, my, I'm very lazy, like when it comes to everything, especially I think that's maybe a bad thing to say when it comes to myself, but like, I can be very lazy. Um, and I'm very lazy with my hair. So I'm just like glad that I don't have to like buy a whole bunch of products to like try something. Cause I just don't have the energy. I'll like find one thing and stick to it. And it like luckily works. Um, cause like, I don't know, like I do think about trying stuff. Like I signed up for Sienna naturals or Sienna oh, naturals, yeah. that beauty company that, um, Issa, Issa Rae, uh, invested in. And, uh, I signed up for their like newsletter and got there. <laughs> and like when the, when, when their products finally dropped, I got a, an email about it. And I was like, I literally sat at the computer for like 45 minutes and was like, do I buy it? Do I try oh my it? God. <laughs> I w- I, yeah, I want to try stuff like that. I'm hope- that's what I'm hoping like we just keep getting samples because I want to try Briogeo. Ooh. Um, because nice. I just heard her episode on how I built this, which to me was a little problematic for other reasons. Wait, she, is, is that new or is that old? Did I miss that? Um, I'm like always like seven weeks behind on podcasts. So okay. like probably not. I may have missed it because I I would have I feel like I would have known. But what, what was problematic about it? I just felt like she, man. Hopefully she never hears this. <laughs> like when she was talking, she was like, "Oh, I don't understand why all the black kids would just sit together at lunch in college." And like I made this company because I wanted all my friends to be included. And it just seems like very like I'm gonna appeal to like white people too. And like I don't know, maybe 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 you may. Not, but the thing is, like, you may not have sat with all the black kids in college, but you damn well know why they sat. They all ex- sat together. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you're not about to criticize black people for sitting together. Like, it, it just felt like she was like, time. yeah, it was. It just felt like she was criticizing them, and she was like, kind of blaming them for not wanting to open up their circle and stuff like that. So, and then you know, of course, like on the, she's like, I want all people to be represented and stuff like that. And it's like, I guess, but like, don't pin that on black people you know what i'm saying yeah that's like you mm, i feel like that's mm. and but not and that sounds i I don't want to be like that kind of attitude is probably why she was able to make like her company what it is because it's it's pandering to white people that's why i was like uh, i want to support her but i just felt like some of her some of the things she was saying was problematic and it it, i I don't know i I want to see if anyone else heard it and thought the same way because i'm like i want to like her but it just, it just didn't so well with me. And this is why, like, I'm really, I love, like, the behind the scenes, like, the kind of, like, um, things that give you more intel about companies or people or, like, artists I'm interested in, but that always scares me because I'm like, they're going to say some crap and it's just going to, like, ruin this product or, like, this music for me. Um, and it never... And that's what, like, it never fails. I remember, like, meeting one of my favorite authors in person, asked her a question. She made me feel like the dumbest person alive. And my question was pretty, like, my question wasn't, I just don't think she understood what I was saying, but it made sense, if that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then now I can't, I can't, like, every time her name pops up, I, like, feel like the embarrassment from when oh, I met no. her. That would break my heart if if like I met Rihanna over the weekend and they said, oh my God, I, would, I don't even know what I would do. I would just be like, I feel like I wasted eight years of my life standing you. For no <laughs> right, for you just to be a dick. Yeah, that would, ugh, that would suck. Like, I, no one in the audience read the book and I was like, this is a book reading. So that one, I was confused about that. And I asked her a question that was like rooted in stuff that happened in the book. It's just like, honey, I think you need to go back and read it again. 
And I was wow, just like, that's, ow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not cool. I get people aren't perfect, but especially when it's like comes to like people supporting you and like your whole, you know, thing is based on people's support. Like you do need to just like try to try to suck it up and like give some respect like especially if people are like coming to your events for meet and greet paying you and stuff it's like i'm like one of five black people for your black ass like it, yeah, yeah. It, that's 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 not cool at all like if i ever get to that level i would never when we that. get to that when, <laughs> when we, we get to that level so-called Orioles will be just as real as we are on the podcast and you guys can call us out if yes. we are not but yeah what are you doing for halloween I'm going to just like watch scary movies and work on my puzzle <laughs> that I've been working on for the past week. <laughs> oh my God. I wanted to make a Halloween tree. I don't know. Cause my mom just bought sweets. So I'm like, I don't want to bring more sweets, but I do have some pumpkin cookies. So I'm like, maybe we can do that. I'm going to watch the Chelsea um, Handler special. Um, I don't, as you know, I don't like scary movies or anything. I'm sure my mom will be watching it. <laughs> I don't like them either. I watched um, The Haunting of, was it Blythe Manor on oh. Netflix, um, which what actually wasn't scary, but like just like very suspenseful. And I live alone and I have this dark, long closet and I couldn't go in there. <laughs> it's like, I can't do it. Yeah, no, I can't. That can't be me. And no. <laughs> Yeah, I, I never watch anything scary. I just, like I told you, I watched the Sarah Cooper thing, which was interesting. That's all I'll say about that. Um, but I do want to see the Chelsea Handler one today. And then, yeah, I'm going to wash my hair, have a chill day, maybe bake some, cook some stuff. It'll be a good, um, a good Halloween. Yeah, Even if you don't watch a scary movie, it'll still be I was good. actually really hyped about this Halloween, like, coming into the air, because I'm like, you know, I feel like it's always, like, pressure to do something, but when it's on a weekend, on a Saturday especially, it's like, okay, I'm actually going to go out, I'm going to have fun, I'm going to get a costume, whatever, because I'm like, you can't really dress up at work, then after work, you're tired, all this stuff. I actually went, <laughs> celebrated Halloween with Janae last year, um, and we went to, like, some bar, and it was, like, not really fun and like mm -hmm. I, you always know, know that type of thing so i'm like okay it's, it's saturday i'm gonna plan it i'm gonna do it whatever and then it's like coronavirus <laughs> but i'm actually like like slightly disturbed by i'm like trying guys if you don't know this about me i can like one of my faults is that i can be very judgy and i'm trying to work on it um me too but <laughs> But I'm seeing a lot of people like posting about being at Halloween parties, and I'm just like, if, my thing is like, if you're, it's kind of like Kim Kardashian. Sorry to give her name like oh God, any space, so but my thing is like, if you're gonna do something like don't post questionable, it. don't post it. Just like don't post it. Why am I, I going to put myself out there to be shamed? I think so many people are doing stuff for clout though. Cause it's like, they just want to show like, Oh, I still have a life. I'm still interesting. I, I, like they're feeding, they're like trying to like present something where it's like, if you actually had a life, you'd be doing something and not concerned about like Instagram posts or Snapchat. I do feel like it's the people who are just like, I got to show that I'm still partying and I'm still cool. And you know, I, they, they don't really have any hobbies. So they're just like, but, I'm also, but it's also like, okay, I hope like you don't get sick and like don't get someone else sick. It's dumb. Like it's just, I, I don't care if I'm being judgmental. It's, it's crazy. Like maybe like three of your friends and y'all are all being safe and like, you know, you want to celebrate together, but not full on house parties or full on, especially house parties in the Northeast, like inside, you know, like it's just, and people just can't give up just like 
an ounce of like their life. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's annoying. Maybe it's just easier for me because I was already a homebody and like a germaphobe, so I'm well prepared. But yeah, I guess it's just kind of it's frustrating because I feel like other countries are in different places, and it's like we're still like this isn't phase two, man. This is still phase one. Exactly, and I, and I feel better being at my parents' house. Cause like I said, when I look outside, there's no people. When I walk my dog, there's like no people. So I'm like isolated and I like it because I, I know I'm being safe and my family's being safe and I don't feel the FOMO of like Kia you have to do this you got to hang out because it's like when I look at that I'm like it's not FOMO it's just you're being dumb and you might get sick right so like for me I'm just like I'm chilling like I'm cool on not celebrating Halloween I'm cool on like not having weekend plans like I can figure out millions of stuff to do <laughs> like I can work on this podcast I can mm-hmm. be networking I could like scrapbook I can do stuff so I'm like I'm I'm chilling like right. <laughs> like it doesn't matter to me i don't know um but hopefully everyone had a safe and healthy halloween yes and filled with candy um but yeah so this episode we're taping on halloween but it'll come out on election day so kia what black history facts do you have for us this week Um, so I have some black history facts. Of course, it's about voting because obviously the election is around this time every four years. So obviously a lot of the stats that came up were about voting. So November 2nd, 1875, conservative white Democrats suppressed the black vote with the Mississippi plan by staging riots, political assassinations, massacres, and social and economic intimidation that was later used to overthrow reconstruction governments in South Carolina and Louisiana. So obviously I wanted to pick this stat because I just thought it was, this was 1875, like right during the reconstruction era when, um, more like progressive I guess people were coming to the office in the south and it just shows that you know these white people just tried to intimidate people with the voting and obviously we're still seeing that today so I just thought that was crazy in 1875 and 2020 we're dealing with the same stuff um the second stat a little happier November 3rd 1992 Carol Mosley Braun a democrat from Illinois became the first African-American woman elected to the U.S. Senate. Um, Wait, in 1992? 1992, right? I had to research. I had to double check that because I'm like, 1992 was like... I don't know why I snapped. That does not deserve a snap. I mean, she deserves a snap. for her, but like 1992, the first black woman... Yeah. Also, I wanted to make a point that um, I know a lot of white people like to be like, the Democrats were the ones that had slave. Obviously, if you guys took a history class of any sort, you would know that back then the roles were kind of reversed. And, um, you know, just just do your history because I'm like, that is the dumbest argument. <laughs> like, just read a history book. Right. Um, so that's why I wanted to make sense that white Like the values Democrats. of the parties changed and yeah. that's why they're now flipped. <laughs> exactly. So just don't let people be like, Democrats had slaves. Everyone had slaves. That doesn't make you less... Everyone was complicit in that era. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The last stat, some of you guys might know this, but November 5th, 1968, Shirley Chisholm became the first black woman to be elected to Congress, and she represented Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, New York. So those are some facts for you guys, and I'm going to let my dog in because he's going freaking crazy, so (laughs) give me a second. Yeah, so that's your Black History Facts. And um, yeah, let's keep getting Black people in Congress and maybe even the president. Yes. Hey, it's possible. 
it's possible. <laughs> we, it we, possible. Were there, we were there once. We can be there again. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Yeah, so this week on Black Professionals We Love, I wanted to highlight a Toronto-based carpenter, Khalil Sevright, uh, who is building tiny mobile shelters for the homeless so they can stay warm this winter. Uh, and he constructs them just in a way so that it's essentially just their natural body heat that's keeping them warm within these structures. And it's just long enough for them to lay down and just tall enough for them to sit up comfortably. And he also gives them out uh, for free because he takes donations from people. And I think it's just great to see someone putting their energy towards something good for people who are often just kind of set to aside. And also like, I think it sheds a very important light on just like homelessness in America and also how we've been seeing like cities um, and like, like their local just like representatives, like trying to do what they can to make sure that like, restaurants can like have money to build shelters for people to eat outside and it's like meanwhile there are a homeless people that you guys put up these just what's it called um those bubbles they're like the architecture where it's like they can't sit under bridges or like they can't sit on benches it's like aggressive architecture so that like no homeless person could sit on it um and it make a shelter for them and i think it's just crazy that like (laughs) <laughs> capitalism has y'all so has us so backwards that we're going to build mini shelters for people who already have shelter and don't need to go to restaurants and eat outside and you can't like spare any space for people yeah. who have been displaced those like little bubbles that i've seen people eating in and like you said someone made a point like you guys can have these bubbles for people to eat outside but you can't have it for the homeless and it's just like you know i get capitalism and you know the benefits of capitalism stuff but at, at one point you know people are human first and there's also a part of humanity and it's just like you know both can work and i'm not like it doesn't have to be all the way extreme but like you you we can obviously make a little bit make it work that you know you can have capitalism but you can also give back and you can also help people but it is kind of sad that you see all these restaurants doing whatever they can to stay in business and it's like the government doesn't care that you know the la and like new york homelessness it's like crazy right it's like you have people in bubbles eating next to homeless people without shelter and it's just like the the contrast is um just very like stark um and i feel like every like state's like we have no money and then like money appears and it's putting towards something and i'm just like so you do have money (laughs) they always have money i'm still waiting on reparations I'm sorry, you know that shit's never going to come. I know, but I feel like that's that's also the thing where it's like everyone wonders how to how America got this bad and like you have to address your history and apologize for it just like they did in like South Africa or you know Germany and stuff like that. Like there's a point where you know you address, "Hey, we did this wrong. Here's what we can do and then let's, you know, keep it forward." But America just refuses to even acknowledge their wrong or give back and just you know, think it's going to work, keep it pushing. I think right now we're seeing it's not going to work for that much longer. That's just my opinion. Cause I'm like, I don't know how long you guys think you're just going to like terrorize the earth and think there's no consequences. <laughs> that's what it is. Honestly, that's, that's what it is. I saw, um, a, a person I go to school with, she's very active on Twitter. I love following her. Her name's Ruth Samuel. Uh, she also writes for Teen Vogue. Um, and she like retweeted one of these, um, 
Um, I think it was like a politician or something. She's like, y'all realize hell is hot, right? Like it's not comfortable. <laughs> Make sure you do some right on the earth while you're here. Well, my thing is like, is there going to be a, enough room in hell at this point? Will there be enough room? Because I was, and I was talking to my grandma and I'm not very religious and she knows the Bible. And so she was like, um, and I was, I told her the same thing. And she was like, well, you know, they say like, you can be forgiven at any point. Like you could, you know, like God could forgive you at any point. So she's like, there might be room for someone really bad in heaven. If they, nah. if they repent. <laughs> I, you can repent so much, but I think some things are not worth, you know, I'll leave it up to God to forgive, but I don't know. I can't see him being like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of things where I'm like, I just don't see that repenting because all these people that are religious anyway, like these Republicans are out here religious. Donald Trump's religious. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure they the religion of thyself. <laughs> Maybe claiming they're religious, you know? Uh, but if you guys haven't already guessed, this episode is about voting. Um, we just wanted to, it's a, we'll come out on election day. We just wanted to talk to you guys about voting, our relationship with voting, what we think about this hellscape called America. Um, and yeah, just get into it. So, um, Kia, like, what would, how would you describe your relationship with politics and voting? Yeah. So um, when I, like, you know, my roots are obviously Black American, so they're from the South, and my grandmother is from Alabama, and she, I don't know, when, when did she grow up? Maybe the 40s? I don't know. Let me not even say that. <laughs> obviously, she's older and from the South, and, you know, she would tell me a lot of stories about growing up in the South, and, you know, how she would have to walk to school, and, like, these white kids would throw, like, rocks at her from the school bus, and, and stories like that, and stories about how her dad helped to get people in the South, black people to vote and like really tried to educate them to vote, especially when they had all these um laws to suppress people voting. So he really tried to do that. And when you hear stuff like that from like your own ancestors, someone who's so close to you in generations, like, you know, it, it would be wild for me not to vote or take that serious. Um, so ever since hearing those stories directly from my grandmother, like that was always really important to me because it's like, you know, firsthand, like, that voting is so important and that's like kind of the only power you really have to make a change. One of the only powers really to make a change and, you know, people will try to suppress your vote. And a lot of people say on Twitter, like if your vote wasn't important, they wouldn't try to take it away from you. And I think that's really important. That's one thing we have to remember. If it wasn't important, if it didn't mean anything, no one would be, they they wouldn't be scared. The Republicans would not be out here trying to like, Steal mailboxes. <laughs> Steal mailboxes, try to suppress people's vote if, if your vote was did not matter. So just like knowing that, it's like my vote matters. I voted in, I think, every single election, not just presidential, every single election. I think I missed one because I was like in school or something, but I know I, I made every single election and it's important for me to like make sure the people around me vote and not just a presidential like I mean, I don't have to tell you guys, <laughs> you know how important the local election is. So like I do make an effort to always vote, make sure the people that are around me vote in every single election. And also when you see, you know, things like people, you know, Saudi Arabia just got, you know, women the the right to vote, but you see other women like, you know, struggling to vote and getting the access to vote and voter suppression now with like trying to get, you know, felons not, they can't vote and stuff like that. And you see these 
lines of black people trying to vote and you see how important and how people still don't really have the right to vote and I can never just live with myself like knowing I have the privilege to just easily vote or do this as a woman in America and take advantage of that so it's always been super important to me and in terms of politics I was super into politics like super into politics like ever since I can remember and that's probably from my grandmother and my dad too but it was always something that was really interesting to me and I like loved law law. I wanted to be a lawyer until I realized how long school was and I was like psych but (laughs) I wanted to do like political science at some point and even like going to my first job I was considering going back to school because I wanted to do something more of the politics line and then 2016 hit and I just had I had the internal shift where I was like none of this matters like and I was like I can make more of a change probably using my voice or like even as this platform versus studying for them to still corrupt the system because I'm only one person in like politics and yes that makes a difference I'm not um trying to persuade anyone not to go into politics if that's what you want to do but for me I just felt like I was so defeated after 2016 that you know, we can allow this person to get in the government. It just kind of crushed my dreams of being in political science. And now I kind of see my my route going, you know, maybe, you know, use this platform or like my articles to get to people or really think about like natural health and wellness for Black people so they can kind of have a place to come to when they're dealing with all this mess in the world or um, teaching, which is something I want to do later down the line um, and be more effective as like a history teacher or something. Whereas I just feel like that might be more effective for me versus going into politics where I feel like it's so corrupt and I would, it would just like taint my, taint my image of like the country. So that's kind of, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I think I, I, um, when I was looking back to go to grad school, I, for like a, a, a second thought about going to law school. Um, and I think it was cause I realized that, um, uh, Samantha Gunthery has like uh she has a law degree and it really helps her in her journalism and I was like maybe this is something that like I should consider also like I was working at a news and politics site at the time and I think that really opened my eyes to like while I had always been interested in politics um I realized I knew so little about the law and like my rights as a human um and I'm even in like a media law class right now and I'm just like I don't I didn't know this information I was like I feel like a lot of people don't know what rights they have, what they're able to do. Um, no one teaches us this stuff. And I, uh, a few weeks ago, I did um, a, like a textathon for this um, black organization that was aiming to get you know black people to vote. And I was texting with um, a person, and he had um, he had a record, and he was just like, I don't know if I can vote in in my state and so like i'm like going back and like trying to research information for him and i'm just like people aren't given the information is out there but no one is like giving people information they need and i feel like you know you should i feel like you know when people get records or 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 leave um or like are released from prison they should like get information of like what they're able to do um but i mean for me at least i think i grew up in a, an environment where politics was always talked about in my household and i think maybe the that may play into at least from my dad's side is like his dad is a judge even though he's a caribbean judge um he's still a judge he still knows the law um and i think so that gave my dad like a very big awareness of just like about law and your rights and so we grew up always having these conversations and I always felt like empowered in my household to talk to my parents about politics or talk to family members about politics even when I was like too young to even understand Uh, and I remember in elementary school 
it was the year John Kerry was going up against um, Bush and we had like a mini election in our school and I was obsessed with John Kerry. I don't know why. Oh my God, I was too. We had the okay. same thing. Okay, we yes. had the same thing. Obsessed with him. I had his pin and I'd go around school like lobbying for John Kerry. I mean, now I know it's just because like, obviously we, I knew who my parents were voting for, um, but I was just like so into it. And I was devastated when Bush won at school. Uh, and then I was also devastated when he won in real life. And <laughs> I think it just like also made me very aware of like, maybe at the time I think I thought those like my opinions of politics were like my own and they weren't influenced. I just thought like, oh, I'm just like an individualistic person at like nine. Um, but I was like, oh, I started to become very aware, like the differing views of the kids around me. And then when I grew up, I was like, oh, this is a very Republican town. And my friends believe things that like, I don't think are okay. Um, and I also remember when Obama was elected uh, president, one of my friends was like, Obama's never going to win. Obama's never going to win. I'm like, okay, bet. We're betting money on this. So like we, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is illegal in junior high, you can't be betting on stuff. And so um, I was like, no, Obama's going to win. And so he had to give me $20. And I got, I went home and I was so proud of myself. Like, mom, look it, I got $20 because I won. And she's like, Amari, you need to give that money back. Wow, I would have kept it. <laughs> I was like, my dumbass, this is why you don't tell your parents shit. Oh, wow, yeah, I know I would have kept it. That's, but you know, you made a good point because like people are influenced by their parents, especially at a young age with politics. Like that's how it was in my school too. Like I'm in fourth grade, fifth grade, whatever it was. And we had a mini election. I just thought it was crazy that people even would consider voting for Bush. But obviously I went to school in a white town and they did. And like even when Obama's first term, I remember when he was doing like the primary and I, I knew Hillary Clinton and I was like oh I guess she's gonna win and I was like I remember saying like oh who's the who's the black guy running and my dad was like his name's Barack Obama remember his name like and I remember <laughs> it to this day and I was like okay Barack Obama remember his name and he won and I just remember that day like I, I think I I need to try to find like the journal I wrote but it was it was just crazy because like we saw it on tv and like mm-hmm. I was talking to my grandmother and she was like, I never thought I'd see this day. And like people were crying and it just, it was like a, like, I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Like you're the first black president. It was like a, a huge deal moment. for us. It, it's was, a huge deal for us. I was so upset that I was not old enough to vote in either of his elections. Wait, you, Oh wait, I wasn't either. <laughs> right, Hillary was my first presidential. Election. Yeah, Hillary was mine too. I, I, because I had missed the, I missed it by a month because the elections in November. Mm-hmm. I turned eighteen that December, which is really messed up. They need to figure that out because I'm like, th- those four years affect my life in a drastic way. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to vote from either, but I remember freshman year. Like I would just me and my best friend would like go around steal. Like we didn't steal, but like we were just taking pictures <laughs> of like doing stupid stuff to like um who wait who did he run against mccain 22 no he did mccain and then romney yeah so mccain um we were just taking like pictures of like mccain signs and like posting them on facebook there's probably pictures of me doing this (laughs) and i was just like and then like we had our representative come to school like in junior high and like i i had an obama shirt yes obama Um, shirts i have like four i think and obviously my representative was republican so like i grilled him and then we took a picture for the paper and it was just me next to this republican in like this obama shirt (laughs) and i just knew it like would boil his blood and i was just like i'm gonna do this screw the republican like, 
<laughs> you, and I think it's, I think it's crazy. Cause I think when I was younger, I didn't think I was like, I didn't like, granted, I don't, I don't know if there's anything revolutionary about my thought. I don't really think there is. Um, I'm just very black in thought. And I think that's just like a natural thing. Um, but like it felt at the time growing up in a very white space, it felt very revolutionary for me to be like, uh, just t- be talking about this black present and like talking about my views about like blackness in America and like female reproductive rights. I mean, like, I feel like at a young age, I had a very clear understanding of what my beliefs were. And like, that was clearly not, you know, what the people around me were thinking. Um, but yeah, so t- today, obviously we're talking about politics again. Um, and we just wanted to go through like some history facts. Um, about black people and voting in America. So the first one we have for you is in 1787, the Constitutional Convention decided that three-fifths of the slave population would be counted for determining direct taxation and representation in the House of Representatives. Um, That's crazy. I just think the (laughs) three-fifths as like a fraction is always just going to be very um, uh, triggering, (laughs) I think, for for me and just for most Black people. Um, And when we were uh, reading this this stat back, it made me think about um, the recent um, appointment of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, because uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Amy is a constitution originalist. So essentially, this just means that she interprets, she believes the constitution does not change over time and that it should, when the time in which it was written is how we should abide by it. So essentially what she's saying is that black people are not whole humans. Um, women are subservient to men and just all the unequal things <laughs> that were occurring during this time should be upheld right now. And this is just a reason, another reason why she should not be in the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, and she has two black adopted kids. This is another argument about why just because you have a black adopted children does not mean anything about you as a human being. Yeah, I, I don't like when people like, I don't even think, how can you say you're a constitutionalist? That's the dumbest thing ever. That's like life evolves over time. And the fact that there hasn't been an amendment in so long is problematic because like we said, life evolves over time. There's things Make over time. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's how I kind of feel about the Bible too. Cause I'm like, you know, the Bible was written in how many years ago. It's like, obviously that shouldn't be taken like word for word because again, life evolves over time. Like maybe that's problematic for some people, but you know, you just can't live off something from like 1400s be like, I'm going to live like this in 2025. It's like, that literally doesn't make sense. And like, I hate the whole like abide by the constitution. Like the world was such a different place by then. Or shut up. Like just say you're racist and go. Really? Just say you're racist. <laughs> say like you care about guns more than you care about human life. Yeah, and yeah. also on the subject of like reproductive rights, like what is with everyone's obsession, everyone else's like their their female or like what is why are you so concerned about other about women's ovaries and like all these things that have nothing to do with you why do you feel the need to be able to tell someone that they can't do what they need to do for themselves like i just like don't and people who think like birth control it's like just to have not have a child (laughs) even if it was mind your business but um for me it's like i'm on that because like i've in like i have dysmphoria whatever it's called and like i'm 
there's a there's a good chance I have endometriosis too. There's just, just it's very hard common to, among women. Yeah, it's hard Andrew to diagnose. Painful. Yeah, it's it's hard to diagnose that, which is crazy. Even in 2020, it's hard to diagnose this. And I had vaginismus, so I just have a lot of issues with like the pelvic floor, and it's it's very painful, like painful to the point where like I cannot go to work or school. Like mm-hmm. I have to um, just stay in bed at least for one day. And even when I was younger. And I got my period like in middle school, um, like middle school, high school, all that stuff. You know, every every month we never talked about it. I'm pretty sure my dad knows. Like every month, I would just be puking mm-hmm. all day, and I would I would just have to go home from school. I would have to call my dad every like this is once a month. Like it's common, and I would just be puking. I couldn't get. It was just so painful, and like it didn't stop until I got on birth control. And like I just can't imagine going through that pain in my everyday life, especially when I have more responsibilities. And it, it, it is scary when you hear people talk about birth control and like, I'm about to lose my health care because I got mm-hmm. laid off and I'm turning 26. And it's, it's crazy because I never thought I had to deal with this. And maybe that's, I could be a little, I mean, I try to be empathetic, but it's just crazy because I'm like, my parents are college educated. I'm college educated. I have all this stuff and I still have to worry about these things. And I can't imagine with other people having to worry about this stuff. And we have this dummy and the, these women. Mind you, she hasn't even, she hasn't been practicing law for that long. She's actually based off of her resume, not qualified to sit on the Supreme Court. Of course she's not. Um, I try not to think about it because it really does. It really does scare me. But like you said, like birth control people, I just don't understand how people like it's such a base thing. Like obviously, like birth control is people use it for hormone hormone imbalance. Like it impacts you in different ways. And like unless you have to go through a period once a month and like also deal with like other issues that come along with this, like you don't get a say in what happens. In you should body. you should not get a say. And I just want to make a point too, just internationally. Like Poland is going through something right now where they're trying to ban abortion altogether. And, you know, the government is like doing stuff to the demonstrators and stuff like that. So, you know, this is not just an American thing. Like this is going on um, other ways too. And like Poland's having some demonstrations right now with them trying to just like block abortion in the entire country. Right. Right wing um, is happening across the country, especially in Europe, especially Mm -hmm. in Europe, especially Europe. So it's like, people are like, okay, you don't like it here, leave America, leave America and go somewhere else. Well, like everywhere people hate, they're going to hate on black people. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's crazy. Well, back to our history lesson for the relationships between black people and politics. In 1870, the 15th Amendment was passed, which prohibits the federal government in each state from denying a citizen the right to vote based on a citizen's race, color, and or previous condition of servitude. So basically, it gave people, you know, who were slaves and well, black men who were slaves and black to vote in 1870, which is part of the Reconstruction Amendment. But as we know, there are still some, uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Other things that can be done to make sure your vote does not, you can't make it to the polls. And as we're going to see in this next fact, it's poll taxes, literary tests and fraud and intimidation all turned away African-Americans from the polls until the Supreme Court struck it down in 1915. Many states used the grandfather clause to keep descendants of slaves out of the elections. Um, The clause said you could not vote unless your grandfather had voted, an impossibility for most people whose ancestors were slaves. And so that's 45 years from the last stat uh, mm-hmm. where they did get the right to vote, but not until 1915 where, you know, they try to use this grandfather sla- uh, grandfather clause, which obviously all your damn grandparents were slaves at that so point. So they didn't vote. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's like, why even make the law if y'all are going to try to do this? Right. And these tactics are still used today. Like, mm-hmm. we're still seeing intimidation right now. Like, literally, we have a president who's literally saying, use force at the polls. Like, sure is. And it's not even, it's not hidden. Like, they're so, people are so confident in their, you know, bigotry and racism right now that they're just blatantly saying they're going to do illegal shit. Yeah. Um, and we'll get more into that towards the end of the episode because we'll break that down, especially when it comes to black people. But the next stat we have in the, our timeline is in 1964, the 24th Amendment prohibited the use of poll tax. So like Amari said, there were poll tax and it wasn't until like 1964 that they stopped the poll tax because obviously they knew black people from history, you know, were slaves and stuff, hard to get um, equity. They used money against them because they knew they didn't have generational wealth to go in the polls. And it, and I'm just thinking, like, damn, if, if people are still, like, I don't see how racism and slavery exists today and it affects us today, it's like, what the, read a book. That just gets me so mad. You're being willfully... You're being willfully ignorant. At like that this point. is just a prime example of slavery ending in the 1800s or whatever, and now we're at 1954. And, yep, long-lasting impacts because you can't have slavery for over was it like over 300 years and not have that last. I I you know I do it I do it like a they say for a relationship which also like this formula doesn't actually work because we're humans and we have emotions and they can't work on a timeline. But they say for like for the length of your relationship, it should take you I half think, the time. Half the time to get over, get over it. it for the length of slavery i think it's going to take you double the time 800 to, years to right all those wrongs and america's like we're on year one getting right. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> my god um And in 1965, the Voting Rights Act directed the Attorney General to enforce the right to vote for African-Americans. And the last stat we have for you guys, the Black voter turnout rate declined for the first time in 20 years in a presidential election, falling to 15.6% in 2016 after reaching the record high in of 66.6% in 2012. And we'll come back with um, debunk debunking some myths that we have about black people and voting because a lot of people seem like they want to blame black people in voting but that um record high obviously was because people were excited for obama people weren't excited for hillary and i don't think you can blame that on the people that's up to the party to get the excitement out to vote also uh, <laughs> people want to blame the elections on black people i'm like y'all realize we're also just 14 percent yeah of the population, the population. not even well, 14 we're like barely like over 13 we're we'll like 13. Blame black people for everything like sure why is climate change black people? I don't know. Even oh, though climate change is impacting black people the most. It's like, why do I have corona black people? Somehow y'all will make it us when <laughs> they like we're used to it. Um, but we'll take a little quick ad break. Today's episode is also brought to you by restaurant.com. With restaurant.com, you can save at thousands of restaurants across the country with just a few clicks. Their dining deals range from $5 to $100, never expire, and cost you a fraction of the face value. Dinner has never been easier with Restaurant.com. Use for dine-in, takeout, or delivery. Restaurant.com is offering our listeners 50% off their next purchase by going to www.restaurant.com slash podcast. That's www.restaurant.com slash podcast for 50% off your next purchase. Restaurant.com, the best deal every meal. 
Okay, we're back with debunking the myth that black people don't vote and blaming them. So like we said, a lot of people like to bring up the stats that, you know, um, that black people voted a lot in 2012 and not 2016. And like Amari said, I've, I feel like we already said this, but yeah, we only make up 13%, 14% of the population. So, and there's a lot of many systematic issues that suppress our votes. So, like you guys just can't be like, black but people don't want to vote. Right. Yeah. It's like, shut up. Also, like, I don't know if we, if this is in the stats for, for black women later on the line, but I think it was in, it was in the last election that black women showed up in droves to vote um, majority Democrat um, for Hillary Clinton. And I remember writing an article about it for, for the week.com. It was like record, not, I don't know if it was record numbers. I think it was record numbers. Um, and also people then afterwards had this like idea that like black women are going to save like the elections and they're going to save all this stuff. And, and it's kind of like, why do y'all only care about us when you think it's going to positively impact your life? And also the fact that you would put so much pressure on black women, like if black people only are only 13, 40% of the population, black women are probably like half of that. Yeah. 7% maybe. Yeah. And it, it's crazy because it's like, y'all never address the how many percent at 56% that voted for Donald Trump. Y'all never address those white women and your white friends that 50% voted for Donald Trump. What was it? 80, 70% for white men, Latinos. Y'all, I'm about to get y'all too because 35% of y'all voting for Donald Trump this election. So I'm going to get, I'm going to get to y'all. But basically the point is that, you know, y'all want to do all this black women. And it's like, the Democratic Party, you know that black black people, especially black women, help you. And y'all ain't never, ever, ever give us anything to vote for. Y'all y'all only use the Republicans against us because they know that we hate them and they hate us. And that's the only thing. But best believe when we break this two-party system, y'all gonna have it real hard. And Joe Biden... I'm coming for that ass too because I'm, I'm sick of I'm, I'm sick of you and you being racist. It's just straight up racist on on and listen, listen. I'm still gonna vote for him. I still voted for him. I still need y'all to vote for him. But I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to you when you get in that office because I'm holding you accountable because he said some stuff about Philadelphia how he was like I never condone looting and violence and da, 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 da. and like when he he was asked about black honestly people, anytime he's Anytime he opens his mouth, I'm just like, Joe, say less. Just let Kamala have it and go. Just- Honestly, Kamala could fight everyone with her looks it's like themselves. I mean, granted, I know Kamala is a very, um, people have thoughts on that too. But I mean, and I think the- Not nearly as bad as Joe Biden though. No, not nearly as much as Joe. But I think the thing too about this election is that like I was listening to someone's, I can't remember who's, what interview I was listening to the other day, but it's true. It's like- Either way you spin it, whoever wins, it's going to be a defining moment for America because I don't even want to think about what happened if 45 wins. Um, But if Joe wins and, um, oh, it was AOC, uh, her interview with Vanity Fair, she's like, if Joe wins and people don't feel a change and they don't see a change, you're going to have a bunch of other versions of Donald Trump coming up to step up and turn the tide um kind of like what people kind of like what essentially what happened with obama is that people just like some people a lot they i think statistic wise a lot of people that had voted for obama in his previous elections uh voting for donald trump in this in this new election but i also think people have to realize like um 
the president can only do so much when he doesn't have the Senate in the House. And I think a lot of people, like someone tweeted, I had to unfollow because someone's like, Obama had eight years to legalize weed and didn't. One, that's not his priority. Two, that's stupid. (laughs) That's what he had to complain about? Yeah. Obama just just the legalization of weed? I'm like, everyone thought Obama was going to be this black saver. Like, you have to realize, again, black people are 10% of the population. He did not have the House and the Senate. You know, he's working all against all those forces, but let's put some respect on what Obama did do. A lot of y'all have health care because of Obama. A lot of y'all have birth control free because of Obama. Uh, climate change, a lot of things were done because of Obama. LGBT rights because of Obama. So let's, you know, let's just put some respect on his name. That's just a couple of things, but I hate when people say that because it's like, y'all don't really know how it works and y'all want to blame Obama, but did you vote in your local elections? And I think that, but I think that's also the thing too, is that like the way, um, think people are like taught about the system is that like at the top is the president and it's like no there are actually a bunch of different other positions underneath that are just as important um and have sometimes more sway than him checks and balances people checks and balances and i know y'all learned about that (laughs) um yeah the, the number of black americans eligible to vote for president has reached a record high of 30 million in 2020 so we're still making stats mm-hmm. over her yes yes and then for many years black voters were the largest non-white racial and ethnic segment of the country's electorate but for the first time in the presidential election they will be outnumbered by hispanic eligible voters at 32 million also important point as Kia pointed out earlier read another article on The Atlantic the other day talking about how Latina men might be the reason that Donald Trump has saved this election. Yep. So I think a lot of people like to just like be like, oh, black and brown people. Clearly nope, Democrats. We're, we're, we are split that up because you see a lot of Cuban people that typically vote Republican. A lot of those people in Florida who are racist typically vote Republican. And like you said, a lot of Latino men for whatever reason, because he can call y'all rapists and lock your children up at the border but for some reason y'all will still vote for him and you like how he's macho and he's a man even though you will never have even one percent of that money in that well i think a lot of it has to do with like religion and catholicism and how like catholicism has been really uh, even though joe biden is a catholic um we know uh, catholicism is big in um uh you know the latin hispanic um, populations and that's kind of been associated with the republican party for a long time and you know even though i find it interesting because it's like we're the religious party but yeah we want to use our religion to suppress women and take away their reproductive rights yeah it's yeah like i said i've been reading a lot about the latino vote and i just i just feel like if y'all want to direct any energy to black people you can you can miss us with that because the people that vote the least and I, I don't know if I wrote that in here but maybe we'll get to it are Latino and Asian people so again oh really I didn't know that yes so I think because a lot of them aren't registered to vote because they're like immigrants and stuff like that but um I do know the the least is Latino and Asian people so don't come to Black people and you know direct that energy toward us because it is not us but again speaking on black people because this podcast is for and almost be for black people 63 percent of black registered voters are extremely are extremely motivated to vote furthermore among those who support joe biden over a third 35 percent said they plan on casting or have already casted their vote by absentee or mail-in ballot um which i'm actually shocked at 63 percent phil extremely motivated to vote i actually thought that was going to be lower mm-hmm. um, but yeah i think i think the harder um 
the Republican Party is pushing. Also, I think it's been interesting because a lot of Republicans have been trying to distance themselves from Trump because I think they know what's coming. Uh, so I think that's also a motivator. It's going to be interesting to see um, with like Senate races and stuff like that, House races, is the House going to turn blue at any point? It's just a lot of things riding on this, guys. So, yeah. Also want to point out that a lot of our stats are coming from Pew Research. So I just want you guys to know that you can trust our stats. That yeah, I love Pew. Pew is one of the high searches I do for my my all of my master's um, papers. And if you need any, you know, we have it in our doc. If you need some direct source and you're like, so-called Oreos is not credible. We got the sources. We got so the source for you. You can DM us and I'll give it to you. You want me to curse out your your daddy or something? I'm gonna do that for free. <laughs> we'll actually put it. We'll we'll put it on the Instagram so you can just immediately go get your fact sheet <laughs> and send it off. Now that I'm talking, I'm like, that's gonna be my Patreon. It's like if you if you pay for the highest tier, I will curse out your daddy or um someone on there. It, the holidays are coming up. Y'all might need it. I could do it virtually. I could do it call. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But is there. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, <laughs> I'm good on that, bro. <laughs> Um, okay, so why do Black people feel discouraged to get involved or feel like things um, will get better? Uh, that was just like a question we asked. Are these are myths or just like... Um, these are like, so kind of how we talked about the, the voter suppression. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to write in the current ways that the, the, to suppress a Black vote, which may be reasons why Black people feel discouraged. Okay. Um, these are like my hypotheses on like why, because there weren't really a lot of articles on this, but kind of doing some research and seeing maybe these are the ways why Black people feel like, oh, my vote doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican, X, Y, and Z, why a lot of young Black people don't feel like, you know, their voice matters. This might mm-hmm. be some of the issues. Okay, yeah. So the first one was current ways to suppress the black vote, as we know. Voter ID laws, cuts to early voting, mass purges of voter rolls, felony convictions, gerrymandering, not having um, the election off, which is very, like, just ridiculous. Could easily make that a national holiday. Um, Long voting lines and limited places to vote. I don't know if any of you guys have been paying attention to the early voting lines in um, different states, but people are, like, out in the rain for hours on end just to cast their vote. And that is very problematic in a country that claims that patriotic. Yeah. Like if we're so patriotic and so um, like American and like, you know, rights and and liberties and stuff. um, Why does it take people so long to cast their vote? Exactly. And, you know, you said at voter ID laws, you know, that that's used against black people uh, cuts to early voting. A lot of these states making it not even possible to vote earlier absentee. Luckily, I live in New Jersey. So the governor did send everyone a mail in ballot. So if you live in Jersey, you really don't have any excuse not to do early voting. Mass purchase to the voting polls, like they will figure out some ways to just make you not registered and clear your name from the voting poll. So it's, it's a good to check if you are registered because they try to do that. Um, felony convictions, if you have a felon, felony of any type. And um, I think Bloomberg actually paid for a lot of um, convicted felons in Florida to have the right to vote because they mm-hmm. usually have these, you know, expensive things against them that they can't vote and they can't pay. So it is good that a lot of these, hopefully people with money keep paying these for these um, felons or convicted felons, past convicted felons to have the right to vote. Gerrymandering, if you guys aren't aware, that's re- mapping the district um in, in favor mostly of republican strategy this democrats do but republicans we've seen it a lot where they try to remap the district so they can 
get more people to vote Republican and, and win Republican and not having off election day, you, you, you know, yeah, nailed it on the head. Why is it not a national holiday? Why, why do the polls close at stuff like six, six, seven, eight, when people, you know people are just work. now getting off of work, you shouldn't have to take off work to vote. You shouldn't especially, have to, you know. And especially if you rely on public transportation, that's like, you're at the whims of something that you can't control. Also just a note to you guys. Um, I don't know if you're you're listening to this before you already voted um, or after you voted, but if you're going to the polls today, take a buddy with you. I just want everyone to be safe when they get to the polls. Make sure you have some support with you there so that if anyone tries to, because people at these polls will, you know, try to trick you sometimes and make you think that you're not registered or you're not eligible. Just And if you have someone there to support you, that's good. Also, just worried about physical safety because there have been a lot of calls for people to go out for citizens to go out to polls and kind of intimidate people. So just like, it's crazy that we have to say this, but just be vigilant, be safe. Um, and like know your rights when you go into these places. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. I registered a right requested to work the polls, but they probably don't need me because early voting in Jersey and also I sent my thing too late, but I was, I'm going to try to do it early next time. But yes. And also if you are able to vote early and you can wait in line for someone, that mm-hmm. is also very beneficial. I'm trying to see if there's a way I can do that, but I live in the middle of nowhere, so I don't really think there's lines, but if you guys are in cities and stuff, definitely wait in line for maybe an old person or anything like that yeah. um, who cannot wait in line that long. And this and- also might be tricky with COVID, but if you know someone who doesn't necessarily have easy transport to the polls, maybe roll down all your windows, wear your mask and offer people <laughs> rides to the polls. If they and need I it. think Lyft is offering 50% off rides okay, um, that's good. for a double, double check that, but I'm pretty sure it's like something like 50% off all rides for the, for the election. So um, there are ways, you know, you can get about it and other ways that black people might feel discouraged. Um, communities never see a change whether it's democrat or republican so a lot of these democratic cities you know the the hood is still the hood you don't really see resources going into them and even in jersey city like you know there are so many parts of jersey city i don't really go to honestly the quote-unquote bad parts or or whatever but um you know, all the money goes into Grove Street and by the water and you don't really see these resources going into black and brown communities. So that could <laughs> the money too. goes into uh um shit. Why is the word escaping me? When you push out all the black and brown people from their communities. Um wow, it's it's an early day. Gentrification. Just thank you. That's my favorite word in the world because I love throwing that in white people's faces. Like y'all have Black Lives Matters in your gentrified apartments and there's no black life around you. Y'all just push someone out for that apartment. That's true. That's bad. Next is like maybe black people would feel more inclined to vote if there were more black candidates to vote for. Um, I don't disagree with that. (laughs) Like I, I feel like people are, and we see this in statistics all the time when it comes to like hiring for jobs and, um, and like why your friend groups, a lot of people's friend groups seem to be um, homogenous. It's because like you tend to gravitate towards people that look like you or if you feel seen in them. So I feel like, I mean, like for me, I really wanted to vote for Obama because I was like, damn, like, you know, this is someone I feel like at, the, at that time, I felt like really represented me and my family and who we were. Um, 
And I think also just be great as a black woman. Yeah, fuck yeah. I want to see more black women candidates getting in the Senate, getting in the House, um, you know, getting in local elections. It was really great to see Trayvon Martin's mom uh, in her local elections be on the ballot. Um, uh, and I think, you know, I want to see more black women doing that. And speaking of black women voting, another reason why we maybe don't see black people as excited to vote, because when we do have black candidates like Stacey Abrams, these white people try to rig the elections. If you guys don't know her story, story, please look it up. But they basically rigged that woman of her winning down in Atlanta. Um, I think it was Atlanta. Was it Atlanta? Or it was it Georgia. Was, it was Georgia. Governor. And it was against uh, it was was it against Doug Jones, I think. No, it wasn't Senator Doug Jones. That was a different one. It was the governor of Atlanta, I think. I mean, sorry, governor of Georgia. Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. It's early. (laughs) But anyway, they rigged it. And she is now working on other things. But um, they basically stole her uh, position to get elected. And our last little tidbit that we're going to talk to you guys about is how can we actually get more Black people involved and feel more confident in the government? And we talked about candidates, but candidates and officials need to speak directly to Black people and they need to have policies that they're actually going to implement for Black people. So if you come up here and saying that we're about to get reparations, maybe we'd be excited. But can you back it up? Because if four years come and I got no reparations, best believe I ain't voting. So, you and, know what I'm saying? And I think it's important not just to speak to them directly, to but to to communicate peop- to, with people in the way that they like to communicate. I think... I know some people have a lot of thoughts on AOC personally. I love AOC, um, but I think why she's so popular, like with our generation, like millennials, Gen Z, is because like she goes to them where she knows they are. So she'll communicate them with them on Instagram, on was it Twitch? Twitcher? Twitch, Twitch, yeah. Twitch. Um, and she'll do things that she knows they'll be more inclined to watch, but then feed inf- important information. Um and talks to them like they're human beings like she's our constituent like and she's someone who's like from the bronx and had struggles going up and i'm not saying you know everyone needs to have struggles or whatever but you know it's it's easier to vote for her versus i'm going to talk people about, yeah of the governor of new jersey who was a goldman sachs executive like that's hard to relate to like, or, do you really represent people exactly <laughs> the common like, the common woman and man exactly so it's it's harder like maybe if we had more candidates and it's hard because you need so much money to even run in an election. So it's like you guys keep keeping out the normal people. Like you'll say anyone could be president, but it's like, do you have $80 million? Right. And then also it costs a lot of money to run for elections, but then also based off of like, you know, like for her, she's like a democratic socialist. So it looks bad for her to take money from corporate, like corporations. So she's not going to have as much money as other um, candidates because they might take money from big companies. Exactly. Okay. And so like another thing is actually come up with, did did we say this actually come up with plans to help black people? I think so. Yeah. I mean, which is like an obvious, like it shouldn't be that hard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Say it, do it. And I just had the example of like what not to do is how Biden was asked about black people. And the first thing he brought up was crime and um, prison and stuff. And why is it so hard for people to to understand a world exists with black people outside of prisons. Like we are not like, why is it like black crime, black prison, like black Black police. It's like, y'all keep associating the police with us. We, when do we ever associate the police with us? Y'all, y'all keep doing this where it's like, what about black people? Well, the police, we love blue lives matter. It's like, y'all are creating this narrative when ain't nobody checking for the police. Ain't none of us like keep them over there. Keep us away from them. Y'all keep bringing us 
to them and bringing them to our communities when we don't even want to be associated with you guys do your thing over there just stop killing people and y'all have a problem with that right. like and if y'all want to talk about um black people in prisons let's talk about what this country has done to make the the um like the school system like the like the school to prison pipeline the way it is um to just like a lot of people are in prison for like non-actual like non like um Khalif Browder low-key still in a backpack that he never stole and now that man is dead you know I'll put him in records like small drug offenses like do you know how many people are in jail for like up to 10 years for like having a small amount of weed on them and now weed is legal but y'all I don't know now white people just walking around handing out weed to people like shit yeah no it's crazy it's crazy and it's like for me it's like joe biden's supposed to be the democrat and you have black people votes but you know you say things like oh y'all shouldn't loot crime police and it's like how about y'all do know there's regular schmegger black folk right y'all do know we care about school systems right y'all know we care about the country in other ways that are not just crime because you know we have kids too in school how about you talk about desegregating the school how about you talk about the generation wealth gap how about you talk about equal pay we care Mm -hmm. about that stuff too so don't just come into our like police doesn't it does affect us but it's not the everyday american who's their first thought is police our thoughts are living right and also like y'all have can't say nothing about looting looting oh y'all care more about public property that actually people the people pay for that shit out of our taxes we pay for that that's our building um and you care about walmart more than you care about human life so yes go ahead go take all that shit because this the system has done nothing for you to be able to afford it exactly so, y'all gonna kill us we're gonna take your property exactly take that shit. if you don't want us looting don't kill us simple as that it's really not that difficult it's Why not that hard it's so hard and y'all know you can afford the to build that walmart again like so shut up don't even try to like walmart doesn't even care about people and makes all their products in china not in america and uh takes advantage of um you know children (laughs) it's like where was that like did your ancestors have the same energy when y'all burnt down detroit and uh, oklahoma in the black wall street and tulsa Uh, did you do that okay if not and and y'all were really like up like really you know, supporting the the people pouring the tea in into the river, the Boston Tea Party that was looting and stealing. Hmm. We don't talk. Y'all talk about that with like pride and joy. Like, look yeah. at us. Look at us anarchists being whatever. Yeah. Like, so it's like keep that same energy, and y'all can miss us with that. Honestly, um, <laughs> and uh, we want people to like have to, like why. I'm clearly, guys, I can't read. I'm just so energized about this conversation. <laughs> we have to fight for the right for former felons to get the, um, the right to vote and help get people to the polls and start with change and effort. Yes, make sure you are putting in your money, your time, and your effort to make sure that people can vote. People who should, like, should be able to vote. And I just, like, to me, it doesn't make any sense that that former felons can't. Like you're still a citizen. You, you were still did a your human. time. You did your time. Now you should have the opportunity to get a job to be part of society. Because again, they just want us to keep convicting, convicting, um, getting convicted, and not having the opportunity to have a life. But it's like if someone did their time, they have the right and deserve that life. And don't we want them to be a functional part of society versus committing more crimes? Like no rehabilitation. Because, like put money into rehabilitation efforts. Because no, y'all want the thirteen percent of us to still be convicted so you can 
make money off of us. Y'all want free labor. That's why you're putting us in jail for modern day slavery. Exactly. And the other two, (laughs) the other two stats to get more black people involved is we do, it sucks that I feel like a lot of this is on us, but we do have to educate our community and like, you know, the younger people to feel like they, they have any type of motivation and, and just educate them about the history because, you know, the school is not going to do that, unfortunately, but educate them about the history of black people voting and why it's important. And also I think maybe if we got rid of the two party system in electoral college, maybe black people will feel like they weren't picking less of the two evils and that we actually, people have to fight for the black vote. Um, and it's, it's hard because we're in the standstill. Cause it's like, do we not vote for the Republican or we'll have Trump Do we vote for the Republican? <laughs> like, do we, do we not vote at all? It's, it's like, you know, what, where do we go from here? And, and I, I totally get why black people aren't, don't feel like they want to vote. So I'm not going to shit on you guys for that. Um, obviously I would prefer if you did, but I, you know, I totally get it why you wouldn't feel motivated to vote for Joe Biden, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm like, so I mean, I'm lucky in that, like I grew up in the household that I did. And I always felt like, even though my teachers, like a lot, a lot of my teachers always had an issue at school with teachers, particularly white women, white female teachers. They did not like the fact that I felt empowered to speak up in class about certain things and disagree with them. Got an argument with my, I remember got an argument with one of my teachers because she had us ring fucking, um, uncle Tom's cabin. cabin. And I was like, why the, like, why are you fucking teaching us? And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, give me a story written by a slave. Like that's the only thing I want to read. Um, but I felt lucky that like when teachers would knock me down at school, I could come home and like feel like my voice mattered with my parents and that it wasn't very encouraged. Um, and so like, if you don't have that at home, like hopefully you can find other people in your life to, to make you feel like your voice matters. Um, and so we asked you on social media, like, what is your relationship with politics and how do you feel about the upcoming election? Um, and we got some interesting, um, totally relatable responses on Instagram. Someone said, politics are a part of my everyday life as a black woman. Yes. Um, Voted and very over this election. Not hopeful. I feel all of that. Um, Someone else said, everything is political and in a word, they're tired, um, but hopeful for the houses that their people are building. So I think that this person feels like their people are doing what they need to do, um, even though sometimes it can feel bleak. Someone said they feel obligation, pressure, possibility. Um, someone compared their relationship to politics as an abusive relationship. I get that. <laughs> yep. Um, and then someone else says, I've always cared about politics, but this election is stressing me out more than the other ones. Definitely yeah. feel that. I feel like it's not going to be election day. It's not going to be election week. It's going to be like until January. Like this shit's gonna, they're gonna be counting yeah. votes. They're gonna be arguing. I don't. I just feel like it's gonna drag out. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta see. It's sad because, I, especially with the Republicans, white people being like, we're patriotic and stuff. But there's so many things, like we mentioned in this episode, that are unpatriotic about this. And having a president saying he's not gonna leave the White House is is very unpatriotic and problematic. The fact that we're, I'm even discussing this is like disgusting. That it's coming out of my mouth that it's a topic. And he, and the reason why he fought so hard for. Amy to get into the Supreme Court is because he wants the election to be decided in the Supreme Court and he knows the Supreme Court leans right. And so he feels like he would have more of the votes in his favor. And none of this is legal. It's not legal, but this is another reason why it's important to vote for your senators because if we got, you know, Obama had the Senate in his last um, term, we would have gotten his representative 
his choice into the Supreme Court, we wouldn't have Brett Kavanaugh. And the if we had the Senate again, we wouldn't have Mitch McConnell pushing these people. So again, this just shows how important the Supreme Court is. So if anyone who didn't vote for the Senate, y'all cannot complain about the Supreme Court because that's basically what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. And Twitter, I asked you guys a poll of how many people voted slash planned on voting. And nine, we got nine votes and all nine said they voted or planning on voting. So that's good. And I'm trying to see if anyone... I, I did another question. I think you guys might have mostly only answered on Instagram, <laughs> which is completely fine. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone answered. <laughs> I might just delete the tweets. <laughs> but, you know, follow us on Instagram at... Ke- no, oh my God, it's once again my personal. At so-called Oreos. <laughs> so we're doing funny things over there. Just follow us on Twitter. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on all the socials. We, you know, we go back and forth with... There, you'll like If you like our Instagram page, you'll like our Twitter page. Yeah, I know you guys don't like Twitter as much, but I like to tweet at you guys. I think it's fun when you guys engage, so. Okay, well, that's this for this um, latest episode of So-Called Oreos. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. Uh, follow us on all social media at So-Called Oreos, and you can also email us at socalledoreos at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Love your feedback. Um, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, and please, please remember to like, rate, and subscribe, and leave a review. Uh, until next time, bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Happy Election Day. Mm-hmm.